دوباره به فلات ایران تک تک شما دوستان را به پروردگار نگه دارنده مهر و مهربانان می سپارد تا پنج شنبه دیگر با شهر قصینو از آموزه ها اصوره ها و هنر فلات ایران for joining Seymour Storyland. You can listen to Seymour Stories at www.parsma.blogspot.ca or join Seymour Friends at facebook.com slash Radio. پاینده و پیروز در پناه خداوند باشید Let's talk about food and music, eating and grooving, munching and moving, forking and spooning, listening to tunes, yeah, dinner's on soon, and to get ready for, ready for, peanut butter and jams. You're listening to Peanut Butter and Jams with host Brenda and Jordy on CITR 101.9. Exploring local music and local food. Tune in to learn about the best eats and tunes from your neighborhood. And a weekly pairing for your date calendar. Warning. The endorsements and criticism expressed during the show are the opinions of the hosts, unless clearly identified as advertising. Put in your earbuds and fire up your taste buds. It's peanut butter and jams. Hey! And sorry about that. Uh, I didn't know it was looping. You are listening to Peanut Butter and Jams on CITR 101.9 FM. I am Jordy. And I am Brenda. And today we have a very special show, just like all our shows. Um, what are, what do we have planned for today, Brenda? Well, uh, Jordy and his girlfriend, boyfriend... Girlfriend. 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 <laughs> Darcy. She's will listening. Be, will, she'll she'll get after you. <laughs> sorry, Darcy. We'll be doing an update on their CSA box. Mm-hmm. 
been two months. You probably were wondering what happened to it. I know. All those tasty treats and no idea who's doing what with them. Yeah. Well, we will, you will find out later today. I look forward to it. And that. we have a very special guest coming in. Yeah, Steve Golub, the resident chef at Place Vanier on campus, is going to come join us and talk about food. Yeah, um, food at UBC Mm -hmm. and uh, what's going on with that. He'll give us all the new updates. Was that him you were just waving at? Uh, No, that was Brad Winter, our Uh, computer guy. Okay, well, I I like Brad too, but he probably won't be walking in to talk. No. Uh, Why don't we listen to a song? Sure. Who are we going to play? We are going to play The Fugitives, and uh, this song is called... Bigger Than Luck, off of the EP, Bigger Than Luck. Oh 
On Saturday, September 21st, Grammy Award-winning folk rock duo, The Indigo Girls, kick off their Canadian tour at the Vogue Theatre in Vancouver. Get your tickets online at northerntickets.com, by phone at 604-569-1144, or in person at the Northern Tickets office at 918 Granville Street. Don't miss Two North Indigo Girls Canadian Tour 2013. For full details and more information, visit indigogirls.com. On Thursday, September 26, Dirty Beaches are coming to the Biltmore Cabaret with special guests Sisu and Chasms. <laughs> Tickets available at Red Cat, Zulu, and High Life Records. Sponsored by CITR. And we're back. So that was... The Fugitives, Bigger Than Luck. Um, that Dirty Beaches show that was just advertised um, is going to be pretty good. If you, I, I hope you're a fan of the Dirty Beaches. They're, uh, well, they're a one-man band. So really, um, when I say the Dirty Beaches, I mean that one guy um, who is really good. I used to play in a band with Adrian Teacher from Apollo Ghosts briefly um, before. I'm not sure if he actually lives in Vancouver right now. I don't think so. I think he moved to Montreal. Not Adrian Teacher, but Dirty Beaches. Um, so yeah, check that out. It's on, uh, September 26th. Uh, uh, it'll, it'll be a really good show. Um, what have we got coming up? We have, a, we're going to talk a little bit about the CSA. Um, well, when we, when I say we, I mean myself and my girlfriend, Darcy Broach. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Brenda, have you got that got that ready to go? Yeah, we're queued up. Do you have anything you want to say before we do that? You don't have to. No, but I may have a follow-up question. Okay, okay. Well, let's just go into this, and then you can ask me whatever you want. Great. Jordy and Darcy CSA update. Yay. Yay. Woo. It's been like about two months since, we, since we've talked time. about our CSA. Yeah. Maybe like five weeks in was the last one. It's been a long time since then. So, um, I feel like a lot has changed with our opinions on the CSA. Yeah. I still enjoy it a lot, but we're kind of starting to deal with... Having too much. Having too much, especially of certain vegetables. Yeah. Which we've had to develop strategies for dealing with. Yeah. Particularly leeks. Mm-hmm. Corn. Corn, beets, carrots. Yeah. Kale. Kale. Stuff. Well, I mean, we're not getting a lot of kale. We just don't like it that much. That's true. <laughs> but the other ones definitely are uh, tough to get through. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what have been our major strategies for um, using these uh, up? We have been finding recipes that basically use like a large batch of whatever vegetable at a time. Mm -hmm. So for instance, I found a soup recipe that uses like five to six um, cobs of corn mm -hmm. at a time. Uh, so that's been a good way of getting through the corn. Yep. Um, same thing with the beets. We've been just making borscht. 
Yeah, borscht is a, a very effective way of using a lot of beets at once. Yeah. I find that the leeks are a little bit more difficult. They're, we're we're going to do that leek and potato soup soon, and that'll use a bunch of them. It will, but leeks also, like, they, when you cut them up, they turn into a lot. Like, one will. That's true. So, you know, it's not easy to go through, like, five stalks of leek I think, in I think one recipe. That we can in that leek and potato soup. I think we should try, but... It's definitely a challenge. Yeah, we're still we're still strategizing how to deal with the leaks mm-hmm. best. But I, soup has been an effective way to deal with things quickly. Yeah, uh, we use a lot of carrots for uh, squash and ginger soup. Mm-hmm. Squash and ginger and carrot soup. Yeah, which yeah. was really good. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, um, the quality of the ingredients is great. Although the, the the main problem is that since we can't keep up with some of the ingredients, some of them become a little bit less fresh. Um, yeah. Soup is kind of an ideal way to deal with that. Yeah, or roasting them. Roasting them, yeah, yeah, also, also works really well. Helps that. Um, how do you feel about the CSA in general, aside from uh, getting too much of certain vegetables? I still like it. Um, I'm kind of sad that there's no more fruit. We did get that watermelon, but you don't like watermelon. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of watermelon, but that's the last thing we've gotten in a really long time. Um, but I guess that's to be expected. It's I guess it's not really fruit season right mm. now. For we anything. got some blueberries during blueberry season. Yeah, which was great. We got some raspberries once, and the rhubarb at the beginning was yeah. awesome. Um, yeah, and maybe if I was to do it again, I would see if there were some friends that we would want to share it with, mm. and then it would be half the cost, and it would actually be like a totally uh, reasonable amount of vegetables to get through in a week. Yeah, it would be quite easy to do it that yeah. way. I mean, we, we may, might have to actually go produce shopping sometimes throughout that week and supplement what we're getting, but I don't think that's a huge deal. I yeah. think it's better than having too much stuff that we can't even get through. Um, one of the other things we were discussing is that, well, we we I think we can get through it. It's just we have to really focus on it. Yeah, it can be a lot of work. And like if you if you go out for one meal during the week, then you're like, well, that's like one meal that we didn't use a bunch of produce in. Yeah, and then you start falling behind. Um, so it can be uh, hard to use all of the vegetables with just two people. Yeah, definitely. If this is a family of like three or four, it would be a lot easier. Yeah, or if we were, if we had like some roommates who were helping, then yeah. that would make it easier too. Yeah, exactly. Um, one thing that uh, I did want to say is that I, I do really enjoy the CSA program, and I would definitely do it again. But yeah, maybe we, if we mitigated it a little bit by sharing it every week with somebody, mm-hmm. um, we did miss one delivery by mistake um, where we just kind of forgot <laughs> yeah and uh that when that happened uh we lost some tomatoes that didn't uh, keep well overnight mm-hmm. outside on our or the, our pickups or front porch mm-hmm. yeah so that was too bad and tomatoes aren't something we get very often so it's kind of sad when they don't yeah. make it tomatoes are one of my favorite things to get in the csa yeah. for sure because they're really nice quality tomatoes i always get excited by the broccoli personally mm. it's usually only like one head of broccoli but it's it's always like really nice and fresh and i do find we go through the broccoli really fast we do too. i think because we get so excited about it and then we just use the entire head in one meal the first night mm-hmm. which is a good meal but it is yeah, yeah. 
Well, I think that's that's our CSA for uh, now. Um, mm-hmm. We've only got well, it's September. We're not sure how far into October it's going to go because when we signed up, they said depending on like weather dependent on how the crops do. It'll go into October, maybe. Yeah. So we're not sure. This week, like, this week could be the last, the second last, maybe third last basket. It um, could be. It also hasn't really been raining that much lately, so we might be good. Yeah, so it's it's really, uh, we're really unsure how much longer we're going to be collecting yeah. CSA boxes for. But we haven't heard, we haven't gotten any emails saying this is the last one yet. So, mm-hmm. um so far, it's been good, and the more, the further it goes into October, the better the deal we got was. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we'll keep you updated. We'll definitely do a uh, end of the year uh, CSA update. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping for some apples. We'll see. We don't know if they grow apples. If they don't have apple trees. We, you might be hoping for a pipe dream. But I'm really hoping for some apples. <laughs> well, well, okay, we'll see. You gotta buy some apples. Huh? I bought some apples in the fridge. You can take those. I know. Okay. <laughs> Bye. This has been Jordy and Darcy talking about <laughs> their CSA. Well, thank you, Darcy and Jordy. No problem. Darcy would also say no problem were she around. Yeah, Darcy, you can call in and say thank you. No. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, yeah, so... The verdict was share a food box. Uh, if if you have a small uh, appetite or um, maybe a small amount of mouths to feed, it's ideal to do it that way. Um, we would, yeah. I, th- I think if we were doing it again, we'd try to find another couple to split it with or another person anyways. Mm-hmm. Did you find it stretched the limits of your creativity in cooking? I feel like there's still a lot of places to, uh, to go with that creativity, but... Um, Maybe uh, it's it makes us work our creative creative food muscles a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. Um, so our guest has arrived. Yeah, welcome. So we have here Steve Golub. Hello, how are you? Good. Thanks so much for coming in. And uh, Steve, uh, what what is your position? Um, presently, for the last thirty seven years, I've been a cook slash chef. And uh, you, you work on campus, correct? Yes, correct. Okay. Sorry. <clears throat> uh, I'm the resident chef of Place Vanier Dining Hall. Excellent. And so we're going to have some questions for him a little bit later. But first, we're going to play some music, and then we'll come in and uh, we'll talk to Steve a bunch. Yeah. So we're going to play a band called Lady Friend from Vancouver. Uh, the track is called Un Petit Massage. I've told him 
So that uh, second song that we played is Fur Trade, a local band made up of uh, Peter Reek from Gang Signs and a friend of his. Let me find that CD case. Uh, Yuki Holland. You're actually talking about Lady Friend. Sorry. But that is right. that what the people she just described are the people in Lady Friend. Um, in Fur Trade uh, is uh, someone from the gay 90s. And Peter and Steve Bays from, Steve Hot, Bays Hot, from Heat. Hot Heat. So uh, back on the scene. Yeah, he's back. He's uh, I guess he got tired of just producing stuff or not making music. Back anyways. Yeah, there was actually. Um, do you remember that comedy series filmed here at CITR? The Mental Beast. Yeah, Mental Beast. He did a cameo, and I think he was the station. No, he was visiting and was sitting in my office, so that was pretty funny. Yes, yeah. Yep, good little cameo of local comedians. Um, yeah, so we're here with Steve Gollop. Um, can you tell us a bit about what back to school looks like for you? Well, it's a little bit hectic, but that's part of the game, right? We want to make sure that all our students and the customers are very, very happy. So as a rule of thumb in the hospitality industry, you don't want to lose your customers the first two days. You want to make them extremely happy, especially the parents are there who are paying for some of these, mm-hmm. you know, education, etc. So it's important to showcase what you do, not just the first day, but all 24-7 right till the end of April. So when you're a student at UBC living at Vanier, do you eat most of your meals there or you eat all over campus? No, you can use your card anywhere on campus. So you can use your card at the other residence dining hall. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm using the word dining hall. It's a, that's a little thing for me. You're laughing, but... And um, a totem. And down the road in 2016, the plans are for a new residence dining hall and production kitchen at Orchard Park. Okay. Now, why do you call them dining halls and not cafeterias? Well... Because mm-hmm. I, I know that when I went to residence, we just called it the cafeteria all the time. Well, it all started because... Um, I've been 37 years in the industry, and when I first took the job 15, 16 years ago at UBC, a lot of my colleagues, chefs, said, you're going to... A university setting that's a retirement job they don't serve good food there and I go really there's a tons of potential and the word cafeteria starts that right off by the word cafeteria is something that you would see heard of many many years ago I looked up a definition and part of the definition of cafeteria is mess hall chow line mm-hmm. so we're not a mess hall we're a dining hall because of the quality of food that we serve at UBC food service cafeteria is no chef likes that word cafeteria that's old school. That's like tuna fish casserole with crushed tomato or crushed potato chips on top and baked. You know, that's what I got served in the 70s when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. So. Fries and endless pork chops. Pardon me? Fries and endless pork chops. Well, we do pork chops, but today we actually, <laughs> you're laughing, but today we did it with a mojo sauce, which is a, uh, a Latino sauce from Puerto Rico with orange juice, garlic, ginger, cumin, coriander, marinated for 24 hours, mm-hmm. and then it's grilled, and we put a little mango pineapple salsa on. It sounds, uh, it sounds better than what I was eating. Sounds delicious. I should have brought you some. <laughs> <laughs> I always get very hungry during our show. Uh, so... So you're actually competing against all the other food vendors on campus and trying to keep... Well, aren't a lot of them run by the same Yeah, UBC Food Service runs a number of outlets, mm-hmm. including Cafe Perugia. Uh, we also run the um, White Spot franchise, the uh, okay. Triple O. 
which happens to be where my wife is the manager. So you should go there on a triple O Tuesday where it's 3.33 for a hamburger. Mm. That takes me a little time. Then it means I can sit at my desk at work where I'm slower at lunch and I can play Angry Birds <laughs> on the computer joke. But um, no, you can use that card on campus. Uh, not so much here at AMS building because that's a different entity. Mm-hmm. So is there some friendly competition between the dining halls or it's very collaborative? It's very collaborative. Every chef, a good chef, should not be afraid to give their secrets. It's an honor. It's, a, it, it's, it's respected that you go to another chef. We all go to restaurants, conferences, and we see other things and we go, hey, can I have that recipe? Or you sit there for 10 minutes and decipher it. Food gets cold. And you see, hmm, that's a pretty good idea. And you jack it up. You do changes. You play, as we say. You play with it, figure it out, and go for it. That's an honor from another chef saying, oh, you used my idea. That's, that's very nice of you. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Every recipe is out there for us to use. There's not this piracy thing like in the record business. We're allowed. You know, I don't have to give them any royalties if I get an idea from another restaurant. Mm-hmm. So during the summer, what kind of prep do you do? I get asked that a lot. So, Steve, you must have the whole four months off in the summer, May, June, July, August. Hardly. At UBC, we do a lot of conferences, weddings, um, etc. But myself, it's R&D time, research and development. We, they send us to conferences in Boston, exactly. It was mm-hmm. the last one. Nice. And there's about 200-some chefs from the States, from Canada, and we're all conversing, networking, seeing what's going on out there. We go to seminars, etc. And then we look at ideas on the website, on the magazines and the Food Network is very important. Mm. Diners, drive-ins, and dives. I, love oh, I it. hate it. You hate it? <laughs> Why? Why? Well, they keep recommending places I go, and then I can't get in there anymore. Well, that's a good point. But yeah, no, it's I, great I, for the businesses. Though. It's great totally. for the businesses. A lot of his stuff that he shows is very adaptable in our setting. Okay. So, is there um, something really cool you learned in Boston? That we're right on top of there. I've said for a number of years. That UBC Food Service, we don't uh, follow trends, we start them. So when we were conversing, four of our chefs were sent down in Boston in June, University of Massachusetts, I hope I said that right, UMass. And we were talking to gentlemen from Midwest, we're blowing them out of the water. Uh, we're close to what they're doing out west because we're California north. Mm-hmm. And we're very close to what they're doing out east. Um, UCLA, University of California, Berkeley, they're doing a lot of neat, neat things. But they're in the farm belt. And we do have our own farm here, thank goodness, mm-hmm. the UBC farm. But we're, we're right on top of it. We do not sleep. You cannot uh, lay in the past. As I said, what you did yesterday belongs in the history section at the library. You have to stay ahead of the game. Food is fashion. You have to be there in ahead of the game and know what they want. What sort of new foods are you, uh, have you been bringing out this year then? Well, what we're doing now, for the last three years, we're pushing Peruvian food mm-hmm. and Korean food. Mm-hmm. which means the Korean barbecue sauce and Peruvian food, which is quinoa, which we bring in a lot. We have quinoa regular, white, black, tricolor, red, and we use it in our salads with kale, local kale from the farm, roasted heirloom carrots, purple, white, orange, and yellow. So th- these things are hot, big time. And bold flavors is hot. Hmm. And small plates is hot. That's what they want. Students, customers want to customize their meals. They don't want to be force-fed. They want to be able to choose what they want and pay for it correctly. So, sounds like a, a much different dining experience than uh, than what I was used to. Uh, uh, Brenda, do we want to go into a song and then we can come back and chat a little bit more with Steve? Sure. We're going to play a track by Christy Lane Sinclair, and she was featured uh, at Live at Lunch, the concert series we put on outside 
outside the sub building in the first two weeks of September, and she also played Victory Square Block Party. Oh, excellent. Yeah. What was that, Brenda? That was Christy Lane Sinclair, and the song was Solo Tape. Solo Tapes. And if someone wanted to find it, is that there's a band camp for that, or do they need to go buy that CD? It's a good question. I have the CD in my hand right now, but I'm guessing... So you could probably pick it up at Red Cat or Zulu. Listen to that typing. So fast. Uh, she has her own website, ChristyLaneSinclair.com, and there's also a band camp. Excellent. Yes. Uh, so we are here with Steve Golub. 
and uh, we were going to talk a little bit about how um, UBC Food gets its food and uh, how they source it. Um, where where do you, where do you guys get your food from? Well, we have a number of suppliers, all federally inspected. We don't just buy off Joe Smith off the back of a truck. That's a chef's nightmare, E. coli slash fires. Those are the two things that wake me up in the middle of the night. Any good chef doesn't want to see that happening. So we have, to do what we do at UBC, you need a number of internal champions. One of which is our purchasing manager, Victoria Wakefield, Queen of Green. She calls me her Kermit, the frog. (laughs) And then the other internal champion would be Lorianne McGowan, our director of food services, which is all headed by our visionary guru, Andrew Parr. I made these names now because I'm up for a raise. Joking. (laughs) So anyway, no, I'm not. But the thing is, is that we source our food from reliable, certified suppliers. Example, um, we use OceanWise Seafood Mm -hmm. from Albion Seafood. Great company. And um, Do you guys exclusively get OceanWise Seafood? Yes, I do. I will not bring in anything that is not ocean-wise. Now, when the customer asks for something that's not ocean-wise, that's out of my hands. That goes into other departments. But at Vanier Residence and Totem Residence, for the school year, we'll be using ocean-wise. So, as I said, if someone, if the student comes up and says, gee, I like coconut breaded prawns, I say suck it up, buttercup, you're not going to get that because we're here to save the oceans. You know, you're here, as UBC is a living lab, so they should learn how to eat properly. Mm. So uh, a little, little bit, uh, a little bit of direction uh, then. We try. On, on what no, sort we try. Of, on, uh, sustainable food eating. Totally, yeah. sustainable is the right thing to do. And at UBC, we do that. Um, a number of our operations are very much on that. The last few years, UBC's won third overall vegan friendly in campus, third overall vegetarian. Last year, we won from Farm to School Canada National. It's called a Carrot Award by sourcing out local producers. It, that's because you get some of your food from the, the UBC farm and. Oh. UBC Farm is, Jacob's listening maybe, the the (laughs) field technician. I always say I would kiss him because a chef cannot work without suppliers. Look out, Jacob. Watch out, Jacob. He knows (laughs) it because, you know, and he's a big burly guy like me, right? Um, So I need the equipment. I need the staff, which is number one in the school campus. I think my staff are great. They're listening now on the radio, so you better keep making those food because it's dinner time. So don't listen in now. Um, two of my cooks, <laughs> Joe and Curtis. Watch that game. Philadelphia's losing. Um, anyway, we need the farm. And thank God with Farm Aid and everything we've done, the stuff that we get from the farm, many years ago, seven years ago, we bought like $60 worth in token food. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, last year, I hit $6,000. Oh, wow. I realize that I'm only open to bring in that food the end of August till mid-November. What am I bringing in? Heirloom carrots, white, orange, yellow, purple. Swiss chard, kale, four types of green beans, yellow, purple, bush beans, tomatillos. I'm getting in fresh tomatillos today. We wrote to the tomatillos, made a salsa verde for the pork enchiladas. Mm. And the students are going crazy. When they see local, fresh, seasonal, that's that's flavor. Yeah, it's got to be a, a lot more flavor there than if it's been shipped. Totally. For- I always say it's criminal for a chef not to use what's local, seasonal, and fresh. Get rid of the scissors. Get rid of the scissors. Use a knife. Chop it up. Wash it, and use what's fresh in season. Don't be using strawberries in January. You might as well eat a piece of cardboard. Do you guys try to source other um, local produce um, then when like the UBC farm doesn't have anything? Or of course, yes. Yeah. We, we we mandate to our our larger suppliers that we want what's local. And if it doesn't come in local, like I say, I'm getting potatoes from Washington. I go, excuse me. Uh, there's local BC nugget potatoes. Send it back and give me what I want. We refuse styrofoam. 
it happens where we get styrofoam sent in. We go, no, we're styrofoam free at food service. You send it back. And usually it may take one or two times, but money talks and we mm-hmm. say, hey, it doesn't work. So we're, we're ocean wise. We're a halal. All our fresh chicken is halal. Student groups come to us, say, look, we want halal. And we listen to them. They're the customers. It's important for a chef not to have a culinary ego. Mm-hmm. We feed the customers so they come back. If I had a culinary ego, I'd be running Steve's Diner, right? So I'm running a restaurant for the students, faculty, and staff. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess uh, you've got to uh, cater to people's dietary restrictions, especially if there's something that, um, like, like a religious belief. or Oh, totally. Yeah. We listen to them. And you know what? A survey came out of Chicago. The group is uh, Technomic, and they made a, a survey two years ago that they say over 40% of students, when they one of the major factors when deciding what school to go to, what is the food like? What is the atmosphere of the dining room like? Does it meet my ethnic needs? My, you know, so they feel like they're back at home mm-hmm. and their dietary needs. So when you're a first year student, a lot of them are a little bit scared. They're apprehensive. They're homesick. What makes you feel better? Comfort food. I can't cook as good as, you know, their grandmother or their mother, but we try very, very hard. We go to a number of uh, seminars or cooking classes and we learn. Mm-hmm. We all learn all the time. Any chef who says, I know everything is is predominantly a liar and a, and a goof, a fool, because we always are learning. At my age, 50-plus years, we're always learning. And food is fashion, and you want to follow those trends and, and keep up to date. Mm-hmm. Is it, um, is it diff- uh, do you just uh, do the menu at Place Vanier, or do you um, have input into the other restaurants on campus No, the well? way the structure is that... It, there's a chef at each unit, and each one has their own autonomy, which is great. Mm-hmm. And I do the menus for Plasmania Dining Hall. So there's, they all have a kind of distinct characteristics then based Correct. on whoever, whichever Correct. chef looks after them. Correct. So how does your budget affect buying local food? I'm assuming local farms may or may not be more or less expensive. You know, a lot of people think that when it's local and or organic, it's expensive. That's wrong. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people are jumping on board, suppliers going, you know what? I'm going to bring in local and organic supply and demand, the theory, right? If there's a high demand, a big supply, the price is cheap. Mm-hmm. So if you're buying out-of-season strawberries, well, you might as well sell that car because you have to buy some strawberries. So what you do is you buy what's in season. So come November, you won't be seeing fresh green beans from Mexico or mm-hmm. Arizona or Chile, you're going to see squash, Swiss chard, and kale, and which is naturally better for you and healthier, and, and you'd be surprised. I don't believe in stealth health, where you hide the fact. We promote the fact that you're in your chicken noodle soup today, you're going to get Swiss chard, you're going to get kale, your roasted potatoes will have fennel, and when the students... Faculty what do you, what are, do you mean by stealth health? Stealth health is what they did years ago, and that means... They're they're hiding the fact that they're putting fresh, local, or healthy food in their in their in their recipe. Well, so, so they're they, forcing them. They try to disguise it. Disguise and trick it. You into eating no, it. you should promote it. Food literacy is is the key. Mm-hmm. Once they know what it is and they try it and taste it, they'll come back. But if you hide it and and don't give it the second time, they go, "Oh, this tastes different." And I'll go up to students and I'll say, "How'd you like that chicken noodle soup?" Oh, they go, pretty, they, they call me, dude. Hey, pretty cool, dude. That was good stuff. I go, did you like that uh, green stuff? Yeah, that spinach was pretty cool, dude. I go, sorry, buddy. That wasn't spinach. That was kale. And the guy will go, no, S-H-I-T. <laughs> and I'll go, so what do you think? Good stuff, man. I like that stuff. And I go, good. Now I got another person in the loop learning yeah, to eat eating something Eating kale, healthy. something they might not have eaten a lot totally. of before. We'll, we'll put it in the, we, we, we write it up on the menus. Swiss chard, fennel, etc., etc. 
That was going to be my next question. How do you educate students about what they're eating and what what good good eating habits are? You have to be out there and, and tell them. And you have to write it in the menus. And you have to talk to them. So when they say, oh, I'll have some of those potatoes, I go, well, the potatoes actually are patatas bravas. Uh, what's that? Well, that's smoked paprika, roasted garlic, some green onions, red onions, etc. And we're roasting it together in an olive oil. And you listen to them. I don't want to, not every student reads every little thing they see mm-hmm. unless you had it on an iPad or a laptop, right? So we try to tell them right off the bat. And um, it's important, like, again, it's a living lab university, unless I'm wrong. So they're learning math, academics, mm-hmm. science. Let them learn how to eat properly. And so give, we, give them a little lesson when they totally, order their food. But you can't yeah. force them. But we do have French fries, trans fat free oil. We have hamburgers, 83% lean meat. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we have white bread, we have whole wheat, we have multigrain. But when I do special sandwiches, it'll be a multigrain flaxseed incorporated. Mm-hmm. So, so they have the choice, but, but you, you make it easy for them to have healthy Yeah, you have food. to give them yeah. a choice. Otherwise, you know, this is it's not a, um, a prison setting. It is, it is for them to get what they want, right? Mm-hmm. And we help them as much as they can. And you know what? It's more and more after the first four weeks, you see more of the students go away from the burgers, french fries into what's what's healthy. I've noticed that in the last 16 years I've been the chef here, that the first couple of months or the first month and a bit, they don't know. They go to the, the things they know like pasta, tomato sauce. But slowly they see the other things going on, peer pressure. I don't know what it is. And they go, you know what? This smells pretty good. I want to try this. And they see their partners or colleagues eat it. And they go, hey, this is pretty good stuff. And mm-hmm. the whole idea of food, food is a connector. Food is medicine. Like they say pharmacy with a PH, I go pharmacy with F-A-R-M. So what you want to do is, is get them to eat healthy, local, fresh, and then they're alert, active, and they do better in school. That's great. Uh, Brenda, you look like you're at a loss for words. Do you want to go I can keep some talking. music? <laughs> no, I actually had a question. Um, over the 16 years you've been at UBC, have you seen a trend in student eating habits? Totally. Totally. Um, yeah, how have they changed in the like 16 years that you've been here? They're more educated. They're more the aware of what's are. going on. Totally. We had students years ago coming to me saying, is your, is your salmon wild or is it local? And I go, well, it's farm-raised. Really? You should be using wild. Oh, no, so they're, they're th- they taught you originally. Yeah, and I go, no problem. We'll do that, but we're going to have to raise the price because local salmon is, is more expensive while local salmon than farm-raised. No problem. Fine, we'll do that. And then we have committees, food committees, and we have constant conversation, dialogue with the students. That's the key as a chef. Talk to your customers, either myself or other managers, like I mentioned, Victoria or, or Lorianne or Renee, all these other managers. We're constant in contact what they want, and we try to meet their needs and make our budget. Mm-hmm. Of course. You, you, I guess you, it's all determined around that a little bit. Yes, and we're lucky that UBC's food service is self-operating. So it's like two phone calls away to make a decision. Mm-hmm. That's, that, that is really good. Um, uh, Brenda, do you want to go for a song right now? What are, sure. What, what are you... Uh, well, while Brenda uh, t- figures out what song we're going to play next, Sure. Um, I'll just let you know that when we get back, we're going to talk to Steve about a new pizza place that's opened up on campus. Yeah, so this is uh, Prairie Cat, another local band. Uh, the album is Got Nothing, and the song is also Got Nothing. I could say one or two mean things, make you slap my face 
it would really sting Cat. And uh, in this next little talky bit, yeah, we're going to talk about some new location, uh, a new location that's opening up on campus. Um, what what is the name of this? Well, this is Killer Killer Chicken Dinner, as they say from diners, drive-ins, and dives. Okay, um, the new operation is called Mercante Italian Cucina, and this is in the new residence dining building. Uh, residence, I'm going to get in trouble now. Residence. It's on, oh, you're going to ask me where it is. It's near the Ponderosa I'm, I'm building. I'm definitely going to ask you where it yeah, is. I know. So. See, now, you, now I, I ruined everything. Um, um, it's in the new building, Mercante. Uh, the name of the restaurant's called Mercante. Mm-hmm. And it's in the new high-rise, the white and gray building okay. on Main Mall. Okay. Anyway, Mercante, killer. Because I had a pizza sent to me. It's an Italian, handmade, I'm doing my hands now, Yeah. rolled, fresh tomato sauce, Real nice cheese, 
low fat. Mm-hmm. And I had a pizza sent to me two days ago from the chef Duke, who used to work with me. Now he's the exec, the chef of the Mercante. I got it cold, forty out, five four hours cold pizza. I tell you, I can't wait to eat it when it's hot. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying this because I'm I'm a very honest guy. This pizza was really cool. They're doing uh, tiramisu. They're going to have pastas. Tiramisu ha- pizza? No. Oh. <laughs> hey, you know, where's my pen? That's <laughs> not it. You know what? They're doing pizza, dessert pizzas. Uh, tiramisu pizza. I wonder. Duke, are you hearing this? Um, hmm. Every chef has always got a pen. I lost yeah. mine just a minute Here, ago. Here you go. Because you know what? I wonder because you have... Um, uh, flying wedge, yuck! They have a pizza where they do. Oh, the apples. I used to work. I, I used to work. See, I knew that wedge. coming. Yeah. Anyway, but no, no, and then they with the apples and the cinnamon crumble, right? No, this pizza was so good, cold. I can't wait to eat it hot. Locals, fresh soups are using some of UBC farm ingredients. Really, really good. Just open about. What kind of pizza did you get? It was a uh, oh the margarita with mm, fresh basil. Very leaves. traditional. So good, and and it was like in a nice big uh, gas oven. Uh, like a wood burning, but it's gas, mm-hmm. and um, blistered a little bit on the side, Neapolitan style. Okay, it excellent. Was delicious. I understand they're using double O Italian flour. I don't quote me. I just said it, but I think they're <laughs> using even they're not using the other basic flour. And I tell you, they had the, literally the yeast, the olive oil, the sea salt. You totally taste it. Mm-hmm. So it takes some heat off of me. Go to Mercante, delish. Okay, I'm definitely going to check that. Is it open like lunch and dinner? Um, I looked that up because I knew you were going to ask me. I believe it's 8.45 till 8 p.m. Okay. Go so on the website. Not super late then. No, but, no. Uh, but l- late enough if you are yeah. here for all classes. All students should be in bed by 9 p.m., aren't they? All, all students go to bed by 9 p.m. Okay. That's exactly how it works. Well, what I hear from UCLA and, and, and Southern Cal universities, they have a 24-hour restaurant, and they get really hit at around new midnight and 1 p- 1 a.m. and most students go to bed at 4 a.m. I was reading. So and then the number one seller is in those restaurants, those all-nighters almost is omelets, salad bar, waffles and um late night pizza. waffles. I could get into that. Really? Yeah. Okay. With a tiramisu topping. Yeah, yeah. Well, That's that, that would help one. too. Yeah. It's tasty. Yummers. Tiramisu yeah. waffles. I'm writing this down. Waffles tiramisu. He, he really is. He's excited I am about really these I, ideas. we, we yeah. don't sleep. We keep writing. I have when, a pad by my bed. I write notes all the time. When did you go to sleep, Jordy? When, do, when, when I was a student? Yeah. Um, from like between two and four, usually. Really? Sometimes, between... sometimes I would go to bed early and that would be like one. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Just, well, you don't have, like you would schedule your classes to, to not start until oh, like 11 cool. or noon and then you didn't have to get up early so you could stay up as late as you wanted. Um, it's just time shifted. Yeah, you just time shifted. Uh, when I, when we were studying, we had. Um, I remember once, me and some of my friends had an exam at eight a.m. We're like, oh man, we can schedule our cl- we schedule our classes, but we can't schedule our exams. What are we gonna do? We're like, oh, I've got an idea. We'll just stay up later. We'll just keep staying up later until, <laughs> and we'll go to bed after the exam. And that's what that's what we did. Well, don't ask me when I have to get up in the morning. <laughs> I, well, six a.m. Six a.m. Oh, okay, so uh, uh, you, you have to get up when some students are going to bed. Yes, yeah. but you know that's the life of being a chef, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's play a track, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about Fair Trade Week. Yeah, that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Cool. My home videos won't mean a thing in fifty years. That day will come, and all I've done will render forgotten.
old VHS tapes, the broken arm and the baby. My first bike ride when my dad told me wouldn't let go of the seat. VHS videos, here he is, the man of my dreams. Now those tapes that meant everything to me don't even fit for your sale. It hurts when friends are hurting, and my friends are hurting. Surface, do you see the spawning salmon? Unaware, oh well aware, they're living and dying. Feel the money magic, the forest like a couch. Can you forget those days of ass staring old poplar five dollar bills? It hurts. So that was We Are The City off their new album, Violent. The song is called Friends Hurt. Those guys have been busy. They made a movie recently. They're trying to get it screened at some film festivals. Really? Yeah. A movie about what? I don't know, but... Uh, we will um, find out. Yeah. If, if, if it gets actually gets accepted at some film festivals. It might... I don't know. Maybe it's not good. Maybe it is good, but their music is really good. So uh, I, I, I like to think that talent in one venue can move over at least to some degree sometimes actually mm-hmm. maybe sometimes it doesn't yeah but. just to let all our listeners know too it is SoCan time and that means it's uh every 
uh, we fill out little logs and then the people that we play on the show actually get a tiny check. Mm -hmm. So if there's a local band that you want to hear that is registered with SoCan, give us a call and we'll see if we can play it. Or go on our Facebook page and type it up. Right. Is uh, maybe monitoring that? Yes, she is. I will be in a second. Um, Let's talk about Fair Trade Week. Yes. What's UBC Food Services doing for Fair Trade Week? This will be our second week, I believe, a Fair Trade Week, because we are the first Fair Trade certified university in Canada. Um, and next week, on September the 25th, it is also Meet Your Maker, which is something we do in connection with UBC Farm. And it's for faculty, students to come by and have a look at where your food and other goods come from, whether it's kitchen, farm, factory, or Fair Trade. And it supports sustainable and ethical business practices. I will be doing a demo. What on? What on? Um, two soups. Um, um, I'm somewhat known now for my soups. There's yeah. a blog on that. You, I, you were saying you have a, a food blog. Yeah. A soup blog. Um, the reason why that happened is not because I'm a diva. It's because I always get off the floor, kitchen floor, answer the phone call, go, Steve, what's your soups today? I go, my God, this is like I, I have to cook. So one of uh, a colleagues said, you know what, why don't I put up a blog and they can find out what their soups are this week. So every 9 a.m. I'll make the soups and I'll call in and let her put the blog up. Is that it? Soup scoops? Soup scoops. Yeah. Uh, What's up this week? Uh, what was it today? I remember, but I'm asking. Steve soups for Wednesdays. Yes. Cream of potato and cheddar. Yeah, that sounds good. Whole wheat Israeli couscous, mulled tofu, Swiss chard, saffron. That's an interesting soup. Yeah. And number three, beef vegetable. Very traditional. Yeah. yeah. And then we'll use a lot of um, a lot of uh, ingredients. Thursday soups. What was Thursday? You have it right there. Cool. Uh, yeah, lentil with farmer sausage, whole wheat couscous with tomato, kale, and heirloom carrots, and seafood chowder with UBC Farm leeks. Oh, yes. Exciting. Yeah. Mm. So what, what soups are you going to be demonstrating? Uh, we're going to do two soups. Uh, this will be um, located outside the Triple O's patio on the main mall. And uh, it starts at 11, 11.30. Depends how many people show up. Mm-hmm. And usually it's usually 60 to once it was almost 100. I guess these people don't have to work. Oops. And, Students. Um, no, faculty. Oh, faculty. They're, yeah, they're sitting there for an hour and a half getting free food. Um, now they won't show up. I got them in trouble. Um, what we do is two soups. and It'll be a um, fresh local cod. Ocean wise, mm-hmm. with baby shrimp, ocean wise, with a saffron broth, with Swiss chard and fennel, almost like a uh, bouillabaisse or a chia pino. And the other soup is one of the ones that people always ask me for is a cream of BC wild mushrooms with fresh tarragon from UBC Farm. Well, that sounds delicious. Heavy with what cream. Day, what day was this again? That'll be next Wednesday, the 25th, from 11 to 1 30. And there'll be some other um, tents there. I, I think, I believe, Ethical Bean will be there with coffee. Uh, etc etc we do a lot of this with in connection with ubc farm uh, over the course of the summer uh, we did one in june with another colleague ian who chef with uh, totem kitchen he was doing i think wild bison burgers sliders and oh, amazing amazing things we have a lot of talented chefs at ubc food service I, I tell you that now it's not all me it's a team effort totally a team effort um so that is that like a major part of the fair trade week that's part of it. Um, we do use a lot of fair trade ingredients, chocolate, our coffee. Uh, we bring in fair trade bananas. Oh. Oh, yeah. We're very much on that. Uh, it's one of the new, one of the initiatives the last few years that um, our purchasing manager, Victoria Wakefield, presented that, you know, again, we're a learning lab and we should be making sure that our suppliers are doing the right thing. 
Yeah, and that your students are totally. supporting you in that and the too. And, yeah. and we ad- we advertise that. We let them know it's these bananas are from Peru, fair trade. You know, the money goes back to them, and we deal with a company called Discovery Organics. Um, amazing people, amazing, and um, we're bringing in a number of local organic apples. Now is the time we can bring in local organic apples. Mm-hmm. We we work with apple the, festivals coming up soon. Totally, totally. We work with a number of groups: uh, the student um, seeds department, sustainability department. Liska, if you're listening, um, we I know I'm putting all these names up because they go, <laughs> mention my name. And we work with them very much so, UBC Food Service, and working on projects that we can incorporate, as I always say, the right thing to do. And, and when we first brought in apples, three, four cases a week, once we switch over to local organic apples from the valley, Summerland, Okanagan, I'm selling 10 to 12 cases a week. It tastes better. There. Oh, totally. Mm. And you know what? They... They'll never complain how much it costs because it tastes good. They complain if they got to pay a lot and it doesn't taste good. Oh, yeah. That's definitely. the key. Uh, why don't we go into a song, Brenda? What do, we got, what do we got queued up? Sure. Well, we actually got a little hit on our Facebook page. Oh, yeah? Someone from, make a request? From the band Village. Oh, okay. Well, we, sh- we should play some Village. We, we like them. We do. So this is um, off their band camp village and the song is called Nowhere.
So um, there is, uh, we're here with uh, Steve Golub um, from BBC Food Services and uh, uh, Place Vanier. And we did want to talk to him about something that he doesn't work directly on, but uh, is a new thing that UBC has been doing lately. Um, the new UBC food trucks. Cool. Um, uh, well, sorry, food truck. But food you truck. said it might be food trucks in the future. Yeah, well, again, I'm, they're listening. So what I've been told is that they, they don't, this isn't the first step. The, the Hungry Nomad just came out uh, opening school year. Um, I know a number of other universities. The University of Washington, I believe, has three food trucks. Mm-hmm. And again, our directors, they want to build on that. It's a huge campus, and uh, they want to build on more food trucks. Yeah, so right now the Hungry Nomad opened. They've got uh, three different sandwiches that you can get there. There's a pulled pork. Um, there's a breaded cod. Uh, Lincod, uh, it is Ocean yes, Wise, oh, I remember, yeah, I remember Wise, the, signal, totally. uh, the symbol, and uh, there's one more, brisket, there's a beef brisket. And you know what, I read the paper two weeks ago, and I believe it was either Province or The Sun, and they said that the pulled pork was one of the best they've ever tried. Oh, I, I didn't yeah. have the pulled pork, I had the I had the cod, and it was yeah. it was very good, but good. I, I'm looking forward to trying the pulled pork now. Well, you should try my pulled pork, it's probably better, oops. Yeah, no, we're all, we're all a little competitive, chefs always are naturally a little bit, you know. I thought, we, you, I thought you guys all shared. Oh, we all share, yeah. but we don't share our beds. We share, our, we, we share, <laughs> there's certain things we want to share. No, no, I'm just joking. It's getting late. But no, 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 it, it's just that, um, no, we all. Would, we you, all, would you go buy the food truck and tell them, tell I, them how I can't, to do it better? You know, huh? No, that's, a, that's an insult. You never do that. No, no, you can't do that. I, people say, oh, do, you know, today it happened. Let's go for lunch. I go, it's lunchtime. I can't have lunch during lunchtime. I'd be kicked out of the chef's guild. No chef has lunch during lunchtime. Like, that's when I have to be on the floor and so make sure. You, you have lunch at three or something. I actually, I had a sandwich around four. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. And a muffin. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it is what it is, right? It's a life I chose, and I'm 37 years. I still feel like I'm 20 years old. And most chefs should do that. You should work for the passion and the life, not for the dollars or the cents or the, the accolades. That comes after if you do your job properly in any profession you're in. Hmm. Um, you, so uh, you're saying the the new food trucks are, po- are are popular enough that they're considering opening more? Or uh, that's what I understand. Okay. Uh, I, uh, I could be corrected on that, but okay. I know that they want to build more uh, and they want to look at it. I, I believe it's well, very successful. You said you, you loved it. If you want more, then ask and they will ask come around. Yeah. Yes. If they if they want it, they will come. Or mm-hmm. how does that cliche go? Are there any other new uh, businesses opening? Yes. Uh, actually, uh, the Sage Bistro has been under a major renovation. Mm-hmm. They're, they've renovated the Sage Bistro. They've hired some more chefs. The Sage Bistro, if you don't know, is uh, one of the uh, more fine dining establishments Correct. on the UBC campus. Correct. And I believe they're, they, they renovated the lounge, so they're going to have a whole new menu with that. Uh, I, I've talked to some of the chefs, Andreas and Rebecca. Mm-hmm. They are going to go unbelievably cool stuff out there. They're all very, very talented chefs. And they're going to be doing that too. And then uh, Vanier itself has been renovated over the summer. Uh, one of the hot new things we're doing is a, um, you always hear about salad bar. Okay, salad bar, blah, blah, blah. But what we have now, and a totem, is the new sidebar. This is where you can self-serve yourself from vegetables and rices and or potatoes. So you can come as a student or faculty or customer, mm-hmm. help yourself to today we had stir-fried vegetables. We had heirloom carrots, purple, yellow, and orange with uh, organic kale, uh, roasted yellow tomatoes, etc., etc. So this is happening at my operation at Vanier and at Totem. Sidebar, hot vegetable bar. So some exciting new things totally. there. Yeah. And we're not sleeping. There's still more and more to come down the road. Excellent. Well, uh, hopefully we'll have you back on to talk about those uh, at some later date. Um, is there any other questions you had for Steve, Brenda? 
No. How come I didn't bring you any food? Yeah, how come you didn't bring us any food? You talk, well, talk get us all hungry? Well, <laughs> next time I'll bring you some food, okay? <laughs> Our famous UBC cinnamon buns or some nice soup with wow. local UBC farm veggies, mm. etc. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that sounds great. We'll have to have you back soon then. Uh, pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so thank you so much for coming in, Steve. Always a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's been, it's been great talking to you, and uh, you're, you're very, clearly very passionate about your job, and uh, it's, you. fun, it's always fun to talk to someone like that. Thank um, you. Brendan, do you have some music that we want to we want to go into, or maybe an ad? Whatever's whatever's coming up next, I don't know what you have planned. Yeah, we'll play a, a track by Hooves. 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 Cool. All right. Um, yeah. So they were the winner of uh, last week's Shindig. Shindig is CITR's 13-week Battle of the Bands at the Railway Club, starting in September through all through December. And yeah. Hooves was the first uh, the first winner of the first week. So yeah, keep going. Every Tuesday, it's going to be happening for the next little while. If you're looking for something to do on a Tuesday night, this is you could do. You couldn't do better. You can't. It's impossible to do better than this. <laughs> yes, come to the Railway Club, and we will see you there.
You really want to know what love is? Yeah. Yes, tell us. More than anything in the world, Ron. Well, it's really quite simple. It's kind of like... Gonna find my baby, gonna hold her tight, gonna grab some afternoon delight. My motto's always been, when it's right, it's right. Why wait until the middle of a cold, dark night? When everything's a little clearer in the light of day. And we know the night is always gonna be here anyway. Picking up, just working up my appetite Looking forward to a little afternoon delight Rubbing sticks and stones together making sparks ignite And the thought of loving you is getting so exciting Skyrockets in flight Afternoon delight Do you know what love is? I do. It's CITR Radio 101.9 FM You guys have it, I think. Huh. Sunday, Monday, Sunday, Thursday night only, Thunderbird Radio Hell. Hey, Ben. Hey, Jay. How's it going? Um, uh, all right, I guess. I didn't think I would bump into you in the street. No, um, usually on Thursday nights, I'm listening to Thunderbird Radio Hell. So am I. Yeah, usually, um, the radio has a show on at, um... 9 p.m. to 11. 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. That's right. It's a pretty good show. Is uh, that the show with the live bands? Yeah, it sounds like there's talking between the band and the guy. Yeah, that guy. Interview with bands while they're still alive. I'll check it out. Live from Thunderbird Radio Hell on CITR 101.9 FM Vancouver.
A billion dollars on the ground, all stretched out and uncurled, would extend about four times around the circumference of the world. Become a friend of CITR and get great discounts in the West End at 212 Productions Limited, The Baker and the Chef, Bang on T-Shirts, Vistrude Records, Dream Apparel and Articles for People, Don Levy Snack Bar, The Fall Tattoon, Fortune Sound Club, Hits Boutique, Pacific Cinematic, Perch, Project Space, Scratch Records, Vinyl Records, and Zusha. It pays to be a friend of CITR. To find out more, visit us in room 233 of the sub on the UBC campus or online at citr.ca. Has mental illness or addiction touched your life? You might be interested in coming out to The Kaleidoscope, UBC's first and only student-created, peer-run mental health support group at the university's Vancouver campus. They offer a stigma-free place for people to share their stories with others going through similar experiences. The Kaleidoscope meets every week on Tuesdays from 5 to 6 p.m. at the Center for Student Involvement in Brock Hall. Learn more at the-kaleidoscope.com. Hello, welcome back. It's me and Brenda. Yeah, so we played a track by Diane. Mm-hmm. Songs called Greed, self-titled. And then the next one was the uh, the song of the summer. Yeah, the Courtney's who defeated CITR in the first annual baseball championships. Back to school invitational. Back to school invitational tournament. Yeah. Yes, and um, we don't hold it against them. They were a good team. We'd already beaten the rickshaw, so that was good. that was good. We got a win out of the tournament. It was a radio miracle. It was a radio miracle. Uh, we came back after a, like a t- <gasps> bottom of the seventh, two, eight two, runs behind. Two, yeah, 